Welcome in to another edition of the Tap of the Keg Podcast, episode so... 522. Charlie here with you, Mitch on the other side. Uh, we're talking Packers truths and lies through two games of the season. We're going to talk if Matt Arnold should be the NL Executive of the Year, a fake award that I've created. Uh, but that's okay, because um, we know the <laughs> Orioles. Well, the Orioles guy's going to win the MLB Executive of the Year, so we we had to, had to cheat a little bit. And then we go on Giannis Watch. Uh, Mr. Team uh, for, in the Eastern Conference is at the Bucks uh, for Dame Lillard. Uh, also, Woj's rumor about, oh, there's going to be a bunch of guys available in 2024 this summer. Uh, so we'll we'll discuss that. Uh, maybe even maybe Buddy Heald. Apparently, Buddy Heald wants out uh, of the of his Pacers contract and doesn't want to be a Pacer anymore. So maybe we'll uh, touch on that as well. Stop uh, the presses, yeah. For right. A block on first take, yeah. You, well, no, Mitch. Football's back, so now we don't have to talk about Giannis for another week until Wednesday. That's so that's we, how it we goes. Just, we got to kill Monday and t- we got to kill Tuesday. Yeah. And then, because Monday is Monday's reaction day to right. Right. everything, and then the Monday night games were booty this week, right? Right. So you had to, we had to, yeah. All right, you, let's let's you, rock and roll, baby. Not to, uh, not to go down a rabbit hole to start. I do want to know how you're doing, but are you familiar that there is a Monday night curse that's being thrown around? Uh, what would that be? That if you play like well, shit, everybody thinks you're terrible. Well, yeah, well, there's that, but like, so you had the. Demar Hamlin incident on Monday night. That was the last oh, Monday yeah. night game of the year, right? You then had the Aaron Rodgers injury, and now you've oh, had yeah. the Nick Chubb injury. So, I mean, there's there's something there, you're right? Well, that's but, that's interesting. But I, what I would counter with is there was a Monday night game for the playoffs because ESPN, you know, has to suck every living dollar out of out of the fans, and that one there wasn't really anything that bad that happened. It just ended Tom Brady's career. And and Brett Maher couldn't make a kick. That was really the only; those were the only real things from that game. But nothing was like devastating, like what we what we just talked about. But very yeah. interesting. I mean, three. Well, Demar Hamlin's not a not a yeah. star player, but I mean, yeah. But that see, that was you know one of the scariest things probably oh, we've seen, and it was a cultural, you know, event. And um, then you've got the Rogers thing, which. Rogers takes a shit and it's a cultural event, let alone right. tears his Achilles running the flag out. And then just, did you hear that one from, from Sal? I think it was. <laughs> yeah. He joked that Rogers probably tore his Achilles running the flag out. <laughs> and then just toughed it out for a couple of plays. Um, no, but there's that. And then, yeah, Nick Chubb legs, leg explodes. And yeah, you know, much to the chagrin of my fantasy team, the, the reigning champion fantasy team, yeah, uh, yeah, is, that's is tough. In shambles now. That's tough. I, I thought I gotta, I gotta deal with Charlie. You know, putting his arm around my shoulder and telling me, "Hey, I got guys to trade for you." You know, I got out, I got like, out early. I got out early on that. I knew you weren't gonna win the Fab budget. Um, you're not necessarily a a Fab uh, genius. Now that said, I wouldn't have paid more than twenty five dollars for Jerome Ford. Someone in my in another league. Paid fifty one fucking dollars for Jerome Ford, and you, you, yeah, my friend, are a I psycho. Mean, like, I think I went twenty, and if I remember correctly, and um, that's about it. I mean, you could think about. I mean, who the who knows what the fuck will happen with them right. in the next two weeks? I mean, they have Pierre Strong too, yeah. who 
you know, got some goal line carries after, after Chubb was out. So who knows? I mean, maybe Jerome Ford will, will take off and be, you know, Wally Pip his ass and it'll be, you know, forgot about Nick Chubb, but I don't know. We'll see. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, I, 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 I doubt it'll happen. We'll see. You know, who knows? Fantasy is so stupid. I mean, it all, it oh, always God, is. So, well, have a good show. How are you doing? Otherwise, you, you hanging in there? Yeah, doing well. I mean, you know, it's the middle of the week. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Nobody cares how, I, how I'm doing. That's that's not true. I mean, that's part of the show. I mean, we always we always check in. We got to see. Got to see how things are going. Um, you know, if any any updates and there aren't, which that's okay. We can uh move our ways to the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers uh, coming into week two against the New Orleans Saints. They're one and one. I don't think that is a surprise. I know that there is frustration that the Packers aren't two and oh to start this young season. Uh, but if you really ask, you know, and we thought the Bears were a little better than what they've imploded to be these first two games. Everyone would have probably said, "Ah, oh, one on one start would be fine." Um, and it's there are still some things that we're learning about this team, but I think there are things that maybe you can confidently say, or things where you're like, "Yeah, let's just chill out. Like, let's just wait and see if it, if it's really if it's really this bad." And so, yeah, I I wanted to open it up with truths and lies and see where see where we are, and I'll I'll kick it off, and I think the topic that'll be talked about is Jordan loves the real deal. Like, I don't think that that is fabricated. I think the guy looks ready to play. I think he makes some nice plays. I wish Matt LaFleur would take the restrictor plate off and let the red red dragon hang. But other than that, I, I really like what I've seen from Jordan love. I just think he needs to get more opportunities in that Packer offense. And I, I do think, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, but it's like, I think that's part of the plan. And I, I think by like week five or after the bye, you're going to see, you know, the offense open up a little bit for Jordan Love. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of, you know, they're holding back a little bit. And again, we don't know what, what LaFleur, you know, we don't have a huge sample size of, you know, LaFleur without Rodgers. And, and um, you know, I, I will say it's nice to have a guy work within what the coach wants to do more often mm-hmm. than not, right? Um, right. you know, and maybe not, maybe there's, there's bad things about that, but I also like, he also hasn't, has, he hasn't had his full stable of weapons either, yeah. which is another, another part to it. But, you know, I agree with you that he has for the most part, looked the part save for, you know, fourth quarter wasn't great in Atlanta, obviously. Um, I think that's why people were so angry after the game. Uh, of course, of course they are, they're going to be, it's, it's, Packers Twitter, which, you know, you like to talk about Brewers and Bucks Twitter being overreactionary and irrational. Oh yeah. Oh, I man. mean, Packers Twitter is, is that times a million. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, especially when, you know, the, I think it's just the way that oh, game yeah, went. I, I think pe- people can handle losing, but when you, everything was looking so great for three quarters and then just, they never had the ball in the no. fourth quarter. And, no, and, and, Joe, so... and Joe Barry was Joe Barry and the Packers run defense was a huge part of it. And that's mm-hmm. and that's been such a theme. And so I think the frustration well, boiled over that like it's like, okay, here we go again. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and that was going to be, well, I think, I think my, one of mine was Joe Barry is who we, we thought he was. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's tough. You know, I don't like shit on people really. Um, coordinators not out there fucking up on the field, but, um, and he'll say that after in press conferences too, which is, you know, little oh, yeah. Jason kid, kid ask. Oh yeah. Big red know. ass. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. Barry for you for sure. Just we'll say stuff like, uh, you know, I'm not the one playing. That's not, it's not exactly what he's saying, but or more or less, that's what he's saying. And, and he'll come out and say it, which is, which is interesting. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a football guy thing. And, but at Atlanta, I mean, two, two good running backs that are, that are young and spry and you know, but not having somebody on Bijan Robinson in the uh, in the fourth that was what early fourth quarter that play. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's got to be coaching. And, oh yeah, and you you, know, you just he, he, like I just I, I've seen you know they were okay against the Bears defensively, but again we don't know how much that's the Bears being a shit show, and clearly they're having tons of issues with their offensive coordinator and their game planning and mm-hmm. everything like that. So, you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't get as high of a, high of a grade as, as we gave him last week. Yeah. Um, I think for this kind of disappointing, certainly fourth quarter in Atlanta, I think this week is such a big test for Joe Barry because this new Orleans yeah. defense offense isn't very good in terms of that as a whole. I think they have really good receivers, but the Packers should be able to mitigate that. You know, I know Jair did not play well. Uh, probably one of his worst games that I can remember. But hopefully Jair gets up for Chris Olave. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of shit talking with Mike Thomas, right? You saw the incident that he had with Derek Brown of the Panthers after the game on Monday night. But other than the receiving core, Derek Carr can't handle pressure to save his soul. And the Packers are leading the league right now in pressure rate. They're getting to the quarterback a lot. And that that can't be good. And the Panthers were getting to the quarterback a lot. So it's like it's like they should be able to frustrate Derek Carr, force Derek Carr into making mistakes. And if that's the case, the Packers should handle them defensively. And then you're facing a running attack of Troy Jones, Kendrick Miller, the rookie from TCU who hasn't played. He was good in college, but we, you know, he's a brand new rookie running back first game Lambeau field, which will be pissed up and (laughs) Taysom Hill. And it's like, if that beats you on the run, like then it's, I think it's a big conversation of, is it Joe Barry or is it the guys we have? Is it a little bit of both? Like, I, I do agree with some of the pushback, like, well, Joe Barry didn't do this. Joe Barry didn't do this. Like I get it, but I, I feel like the undisciplined nature sometimes of this Packers defense is coach and it's Joe Barry and he's the leader of men and he's the head of the snake and the head of the snake has been rotten for how long. And, you know, it's just, it's been a frustrating thing that all of us are seeing in plain, plain daylight. And yet Matt LaFleur is, is blind to it. Yeah. And I don't know how many years it, this isn't really exclusive to Joe Barry, but no, I know. it seems like the Packers, it seems like the Packers defense is just kind of soft. Yeah. You know? um, I think like Devondre Campbell's, you know, tough enough. I mean, some of these, they got a couple dogs, but it just feels like, you know, every year they never, they never have a nasty defense. They never have mm-hmm. 2000 Baltimore Ravens or, you know, yeah. anything like that, which, you know, you can't have everything. I mean, Bears fans would love to have 
the Packers problems and, you know, in terms of the Packers always have a, a competent or good or great quarterback mm-hmm. and the bears never do, but the bears more often than not have a, have a pretty damn stout defense. Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, you'd probably rather have the quarterback and figure the rest out. But um, yeah, that's, it just seems like the Packers never, never have nastiness and Jair wise. I mean, yeah, he struggled a lot with Drake London. Um, and, but Chris Olave is a little more his size, you know, right. I, I think yeah. and it, Olave is only six foot tall. Drake London's goes six, four. I mean, it's, uh, I, we'll have to see how that, how that plays out, but I feel like that's going to be something to and, watch. And that goes back to coaching too, though. Like why at one point do you not say, all right, move Rasul on, on Drake London, have Jair, you know, match up with Matt Collins or have Jair more in the slot. And, you know, let's figure it out. Like, let's scheme it, scheme it up a little differently. Or I know we don't necessarily, our zones just, it's just, it does not seem sometimes like they know exactly what's going on. And and Desmond Ritter, getting beat by Desmond Ritter hurt. Like, I don't think Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback. And he, he was a, he played a part. Like, yeah, Bijan was great, but Ritter was pretty solid in that game. And I'll go to a lie. I, I think the offensive line is fine. I think there is some worry. I mean, Alton Jenkins now being out. But all we heard was about how deep this offensive line is and how much they kept 11 guys on their roster. It's time to see it. Um, I think it's hard for a guy like Rasheed Walker, who probably will go again, sounds like this week at left tackle. It's hard when you're playing your first game in a dome. I know it's not the loudest dome but you're on the road. It's your first ever NFL start, like being at home, understanding comfortability of Lambeau. I think the offensive line will be fine. I think some of the offensive line issues have been because AJ Dillon's carrying the football and AJ Dillon is a, another issue with this team right now, but I, I think the line will be all right. And Matt LaFleur called it an open competition in terms of who will get Elton Jenkins spot. My hope is it's Sean Ryan. Um, Zach Tom has already is looks pretty good. I just, if I have to be at Lambeau and Royce Newman's the left guard, I'm going to not be happy. And I'm just praying Royce Newman's family isn't anywhere near me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're probably right. They have plenty of depth. Um, we're assuming David Bakhtiari is going to play this uh, week. Those, I mean, there was a report out that he's not going to play. Well, I mean, now he almost has to not play. Because, yeah. you know, all the speculation well, all week and, and they're acting like, no, it's just a flare up. Um, you know, and, and I can I, I just cut in real quick there. I, I think the Packers media does a decent job. But how the fuck does nobody ask about his brother's tweet? Did you see his brother's tweet? Uh, somebody did, I think. Oh, and, did someone uh, ask him? I saw a video, a clip from was it Jerry's Wednesday. When, yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. who, I think Schneidman had the video. I think it was just a, like a, a phone video. Schneidman's um, Schneidman's all over. I mean, Schneidman is, uh, you know, he keeps his his ear to the internet streets. So I, I sure can, does. I can give well, it. And so Bakhtiari said, you know, well, my brother likes drama, and he asked me if I can do it, and I said I don't give a shit. So do whatever you want, and he did oh, it. Oh yeah, and- brother's tweet. Yeah, here here it is. Yeah. So the question was asked and, you know, Bakhtiari 
he's still just making it sound like, you know, it's a flare up. So I don't know. It, it's, it's something that's probably not going to go away. I, you know, we'll see until he plays a game on turf. Right. Right. And I don't think they have one till what Thanksgiving or something on turf. Yeah. Did I, yeah, hear, that? Did I hear that? No, correctly? they, they play unless, unless Allegiant field and, uh, Las Vegas is, is not turf. And they I, think that's, bring I think that's grass. Honestly. Oh no shit. Oh, that's cool. Um, so well then, yeah, it will be Thanksgiving and those games are critical. And I, I appreciate box fire and I can emphasize with that. And I, I, I can get behind all of what he is saying, but he has to understand how it looks. He has to like, how is there nobody as, as a guy who's pretty online, like Davis, you know, how does he not have somebody in his corner saying, Hey, maybe just put out a tweet. Just say, look, my knee flared up. I'm it sucks that it happened has nothing to do with the turf. It's a happy coincidence. I'm not protesting. I wish I could be out with the boys. Go packed up. How hard, mm-hmm. how hard would that fucking tweet be? Instead, we have to all like, and the other thing too is like, I'm sorry. Like, I I debated. I was like, should I go in on box yard or not? And I'm like, well, he's like everybody's friend and all the independent journalists, all the blog boys like him. And he does stuff with them. And I was like, you know what? I, you gotta say, you gotta be honest. You gotta speak your truth. I think he'd appreciate that, and it's, that's what it looked like. It looked like he was skipping out on a game because of turf after all the commotion he made. And I just, I thought it, it was like to go radio silent was a terrible idea. Yeah, and then yeah, or 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 the other way around, and just and just admit that you're admit that you're that's what you're doing. And I think that'd or, be a shitstorm. But. Or or just say. Or just say, guys, I, and I know he's talked about his battles with it, but if he was like, I'm seeing a sports psychologist, and and this is very open, and this is maybe too open that he wants to be, but if he comes out and says like, hey, I'm seeing a sports psychologist for this, I'm talking to him or her every week, it really fucks me up, I, I can't stop thinking about it. And it's just when it when it feels different or feels weird, I I kind of spiral. And maybe he can't talk about that. That's probably too honest. Probably will never get that from an athlete. But I yeah. know that's what's happening. I have it on good authority. Jason Wildey said the same thing. So if you think you're like, oh, these guys are just flapping their gums, like that's an actual journalist who's basically said the exact same thing. So it's like, yeah, I, I guess – in a truth, it, it, to kind of bring it back to our segment with Bakhtiari, I don't know if we're – I don't know what we're getting out of David Bakhtiari. And I will say a lie is we're not trading him. Like, we could do two for David. Like, I, the the money just does not make sense to trade him out before the year is out. So, well, that, that will not happen. And the money, I mean, the Packers go out of their, out of their comfort zone and pay yeah. him a ton of money, and he's played, what, 13 games or something in the last Some, yeah and it's we're coming up we're three and a half years into this injury <laughs> yeah yeah and and i guess the last thought on it is i i or am not i i will be fine if they say all right you're not going to play the back-to-back basically the saints and the lions and then you're ready for vegas and then you play for vegas then you have you for the bye he's a Colorado. he went to school in colorado he's a california kid but went to school in colorado I'm assuming he'd like to play in Denver. And then it's like, all right, 
then you're on grass and you're in a rhythm. And then we'll see once all the games are stacked up and it's every Sunday, if you can maintain that. And I don't know if you'll be able to, we'll, we'll have to see. It's, it's truly devastating that, that this load management is coming to the NFL. I absolutely. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I love it. I think it's hilarious. A, no. And I mean, this is such a larger discussion, Mitch is like, I, I'm starting to see, and maybe it's just conspiracy Chuck and maybe I'm too fucking online, but I, I really believe like the NFL is starting to crack a little bit here. And I think that there is some real fissures that are beginning because there's too much money and there's, and all these players are seeing different guys make money and they're like, well, what about mine? What about my piece of the pie? And they're not getting it because they're like, no, you're not valued the same way. And I just think it's going to create a, I just think it's going to create a lot of problems and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just, it's not to, I don't really want to spend too much time, but I I think it's more like, it's more like the league has, you know, completely sold out with Thursday night games. And now we're going to flex Thursday night games and double headers on Monday night. And we're going to have black Friday game and all this shit they've never really done before. And you know, you're, you're stretching out the schedule. It's, it's getting to the point where it's, it's, it's not natural and not at this point for these players, maybe in 10 years, but um, you know, to have guys, yeah, to do this kind of, you know, especially I like, I can't wait till they flex a game to Thursday night and that'll be, that'll be content because. Oh yeah. Somebody's going to fucking get hurt inevitably. Yep. And there you go. It, it, it'll be, well, you know, um, I don't know. Obviously, they'll flex it, what, a couple weeks out? Yeah. But so, you know, it's coming, but I'm sure that'll be that'll be a discussion. I think it's more like, yeah, you, you start fucking with the schedule and guys are going to, you know, the whole, again, yeah, rest or, or like a situation like Bakhtiari, which is pretty limited at this point in the NFL. It's not widespread with. Yeah, you know, guys having lingering injuries and stuff like that. But yeah, you might you might do something like that where it's, and I guess it's not totally unheard of at this point either. But you know, maybe sit out a Thursday and yeah, and get a get a nice long kind of like three weeks off. Well, what's to say? And then we'll get back to our segment. Like, what's to say they don't do that with Aaron Jones this week? Like, why not rest Aaron Jones on Sunday and then play him Thursday? Because you don't. I can easy argument. Thursday's a more important game than than Sunday. Just matters more. I mean, the Saints game matters yeah. for position position in the, you know, in terms of the wild card and everything else. Yeah. But like Thursday matters so much more because it's your division. Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. It, it, and Detroit needs to, you know, that's a that's a big divisional game. Totally. I think for for a truth for me, um, you brought up AJ Dillon. I think it's just that he's just a guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously disappointed with him last year. He's got, you know, he had a huge day or a huge opportunity on Sunday and didn't necessarily come through uh, in Atlanta. And just as, I don't know, not not what, by no means a, a star. He's not fast enough. He doesn't seem, no, he fell forward a little, you know, he had some nice pushes there in and against against Atlanta, but for a guy his size, he doesn't necessarily lay the hits. And um 
you know, not what do you have two point eight yards of carry or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's been ugly. It's been ugly. I mean, it's just been it's been this sort of perpetual cycle of just he just gets a couple yards and you can't can't rely on him on a third and one. And that's like the thing he should be good at. Like if there's one thing he should be good at is getting the tough yards. And if you're not getting the tough yards, like why do you why do the Packers need to keep him around? You know, they have one year left on his deal and then he's a free agent. And if they're already like, hey, we're not bringing this guy back next year, you know, yeah, great dude. But like at some point you got to you got to ask yourself is what's what's there. And maybe as the season year goes on and cold weather and that's when you see Dylan. But I'm sorry, that's not that's not really a good NFL player to be a part time player. And just you're in the stable until November, December. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in theory, he's a good, a good uh, thunder to Aaron Jones Lightning, but you know, haven't really seen it on a consistent basis. I, you know, yeah, he's never gonna break a, never gonna. I mean, he'll get to the second level and give you eight or ten yards here yeah. and there, but he's not, he's not really an explosive NFL player at this point, so. And here's a here's a truth for for me that is might even almost go over reaction. I think the Packers are going to have the best wide receiving core in football in like two years. I, I mean, they are loaded. Possibly. They are loaded. I understand that Christian Watson has some bad hamstrings. I am not exactly worried about that. There have been guys throughout the annals of football where they've been injury prone to start their career. They kind of figure out how to train their body. And then that doesn't really happen again. And then they just kind of get get out of it. Romeo Dobbs is steady, consistent guy. Oh. Jaden Reed has already shown that he's a reliable wide receiver in the NFL, and it's two games in. Don Travian Wicks had moments in the game last week, and he's your fourth guy. And when it's all said and done, like, that's crazy. That's nuts. And, yeah, it's similar to – how the Packers won a championship in 2010 is they had this just absolutely stacked receiver room. And I, I have a feeling they're kind of doing it again. Yeah. I, I think Dobbs and Watson are very good compliments to each other. And I think uh, you have to give Goody credit for that. You know, seeing, seeing that sort of in his crystal ball, mm-hmm. Murph would probably roll his eyes if he heard that. Well, but, yeah. um... <laughs> That's okay. Please. He's like, he'll probably be like, oh, give me a break, you know, something like that. Yeah. But no, Dobbs is obviously all right, right. The steady guy. Um good red zone target. And yeah. um Watson is the game breaker, uh, in theory. You know, again, unfortunately, I think part of being a uh a tall, kind of fast, taller, fast mm-hmm. guy, you know, there are sometimes lingering hamstring injuries and stuff like that, but hopefully that goes away and the dude can at least have a couple of great seasons. And, right. you know, you're right. And right. Jaden Reed looks like a, a, a big weapon. I mean, a, a, a kind of a Swiss army knife type, not right. necessarily a running back out of the backfield, but right. he's going to be kind of there safety valve type and maybe hand it off on an end around situation. And, and, um, you know, he'll, he'll make a play for you. Could you could you imagine? I know he wasn't in the draft last year, but could you imagine if Jaden Reed was on the 2022 Packer team and Rodgers had a guy like Jaden Reed and liked a guy like Jaden Reed? 
and had just that reliability uh, to go to that instead of Randall Cobb's old ass. Yeah, Randall Cobb or Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Do you have any other lies before uh, before we move on? We'll talk. We can talk a little Packer Saints, and then we'll we'll go to our uh, our second topic about Brewers. I don't think so. I think only, we, we've we've covered it pretty good. The only other quick lie I'll say is I saw a tweet that was like maybe Aaron Rodgers holding Matt Lafleur back. Take it easy. I like Matt Lafleur. I think Matt Lafleur kind of got disrespected a little bit this offseason. I wouldn't go that far. I think there were they you know. Sign of a good coach is that you can kind of coach any quarterback. I think you kind of see are seeing it with Mike McCarthy, right? We all shit on Mike McCarthy, but guy arguably is coaching one of the best teams in football. And that's I don't know. I think that I think that if you're a good coach, you can kind of do it everywhere and do it with a lot of different guys. And so I think we're seeing that with Malfour, but I wouldn't say that Aaron Rodgers held him back. No, that's that's a very spicy take right oh, there. Yeah. That's oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that that that's a good one on the for you algorithm on Twitter. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> no doubt. All right, any uh any Packer Saints thoughts before we we move on to the Brewers first game at Lambo? Got download your app. Uh, every big big message on that. Had to get press release out. Uh, so make sure you're downloading your app. I still have to do that on myself. App, um, like the Packers app. Yeah, they're doing like a comb- combination with Ticketmaster. It sounds like a complete shit show. Um, my first noon game. Well, I, can, a- I can say that I, I went to a game last year and I only used the app. I don't know what. Yeah. Well, it's just I use it. I usually use Apple Wallet, but whatever. Um, oh. And uh, first noon game for your boy in a long time. I can't remember the last noon game I've went to. So that's uh, there'll be a new experience for me. Uh, getting up early here on Sunday. And I, I'm excited for to watch Jordan Love's first start. I think the crowd should be fantastic. Weather's looking like 70 degrees, partly cloudy. Like, that's ideal conditions for a football game. And everybody should be full throat, I think, in support of Jordan Love. And I, I feel like the energy, and I can't speak for it because I wasn't going to games regularly in 2008, but I have to imagine the energy is going to be different than when Rodgers first took, first took snaps at Lambeau Field on a Monday night against Minnesota. Why would it be different? I just think there was a lot of that Brett Favre, right? Like there was a lot of like, oh. you know, there was the Favre yeah, stuff and it was just rot. Like they, there wasn't the full backing of the fan base. And I think also weirdly having two weeks away from it has helped and that they've everyone's got to watch love on TV. And I think there are a lot of people like me who are generally excited to watch. It. You don't think that it puts too much pressure on Jordan love or puts additional pressure on him. That this is his first start at Lambeau Field. Um, it might. I mean, I think it's it's uh it's hollowed ground, and you know he's following in the footsteps of of a couple legends. And you know, granted, he has been there on game day for the last three years, so mm-hmm. that'll help. But I think there's there's a little bit there. There's there there should be. I think it's normal. I mean, to be to have some jitters. I'm not saying that that is going to show itself at any point, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. There, I mean, he, he probably is putting pressure on himself to perform better. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's, I don't think it's a, a shot by any means or, or like really a negative thing. I think it's, it's human nature to maybe have some extra nerves, a little more pressure. Yeah. That that's, I don't think that's unfair to say at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do worry a little bit of that, at least early on in the game. Like, 
New Orleans has a pretty ball hockey defense, a defense that can that can kind of get Davis after. This is pretty scary. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, but I do think, and you can let me know if this I'm being biased, Packer Homer fan. I think the Saints defense is a little overrated. Like they played the Titans offense and they played the Carolina offense. They've played nobody yeah. offensively right now. And sometimes we see teams in September kind of be fool's gold by who they've played in their schedule. And I'm just not and, – and also to add on the Titans' side, they scored 15 points. Those were all field goals. So they got the ball down the field. They just couldn't finish. So they are still moving it. They still got down there five times. And I, I don't know. I just think there's a little bit of overselling, I think, on, oh, the Saints' defense is legit. The Saints defense can, you know, go into Lambo and and win the game. I, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, there's they've you know they faced Bryce Young and Ryan Tannehill, right? Um, uh, you know, not necessarily. Well, that's the thing with like the Cowboys too, is you know you face Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. I know the Cowboys look pretty damn good in those games, but you know, again, it's a two week sample size. You start to get, you know. Three, four, five, not even three. I'd think four, five, six game. You get a month into this thing, then you'll kind of know what the deal is uh, with your team. But I, I don't disagree with you. Saints, you know, defense could be could be a little over. Then again, Dennis Allen as a defensive coach. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, it didn't really work with the Raiders. Raiders mm-hmm. haven't had a good defense in 30 years. Dennis Allen, I, I don't also I don't think Dennis Allen's a good head coach. Like I think no, they have a no, he's I, not. they have a massive head coaching advantage with uh w- with Matt LaFleur. I think that is their I think also what's interesting for the Packers is the Saints have the Saint Ryan Ryan Nielsen was under Dennis Allen. He was he's DC and he was the DC for Atlanta. So you're gonna see similar looks. Also, New Orleans played Carolina similar to Atlanta playing Carolina. So you're going to get like, you're going to kind of understand like, all right, what are, what did they do? What did they change from game to game? I think like that's another interesting little subplot of this game. I'll also say I can't have Taysom Hill doing a goddamn thing. I don't want any Taysom Hill retrospect. You want to talk about truth and lie. No one wanted Taysom Hill in 2017 and there's no way Mike McCarthy or Aaron Rodgers would have used Taysom Hill the right way. I just let's all get out, get that out there. Yeah, I don't think that I wouldn't have trusted McCarthy to uh, oh, uncover late stage, this. this late sort stage of, uh, McCarthy? No way. Like right. McCarthy taking baths during practice? No way. Right. I, yeah, there's no way I would have seen them uncover this Taysom Hill, Swiss Army knife, tight end, quarterback, running back type pullback, whatever, probably even receiver for God's sake. Uh, you know, and it, honestly, it could be anybody. I feel like Taysom Hill is like poster child for this. And I'm surprised it hasn't really caught on more, maybe because it, it is pretty stupid at the end of the day. I mean, to do what, what they're doing with, with him. But um, yeah, I feel like he's, he's a talking point and, and people know who he is, but I don't know. Um yeah, I don't know. He, he, yeah, he's he's been good this year, but um, I don't know. It's not like I'm not going to lose sleep over Taysom Hill. 
Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, any other thoughts before I give a prediction, and then we can sweat out live Joel Piamas trying to ruin our night. I'm good. Let's let, let's get these. Let's keep it rolling here. Oh, prediction! You think Packers win? I think I do. I do. Uh, home game, season opener, should be a lot of juice. I don't. I don't see Derek Carr as much as I love him. Uh, being able to overcome it, uh, I think I'll go. I should probably look at the injury report before I give up a uh, a prediction, shouldn't I? Uh, um, I'm guessing he's not playing, right? Nah, I don't think so. Man, that's such a huge loss, too. No, nah, I know. It's going to be close again. Um, I'll go 27-23, Packers. Well, I was going to go 27-21, so now I got a Price is Right your ass. Um, I will go 24-16, and they forced three or four turnovers on Derek Carr, and that's the difference in the game. Just the pass rush is too much? Yeah, I think they're going to make his life hell, and it's going to be awesome. It'll be awesome in the stadium. Um, I for the, For everyone that cares, I've only seen two losses at Lambeau. One was the Colts and a mystifying loss on – on, on like a night uh, after evening game it was like a 325 and when Matt Flynn was was dueling out with Ben Roethlisberger which you were also there for yeah that was 2014 yeah late Maybe in the year was Rogers was Rogers out with Rogers was collar it was a collarbone yeah he was gonna come back and I think then that's the Bears get the fa- infamous Bears game the next week uh, the Thanksgiving game? Uh, no, the last game of the year where he hits Cobb for the, the fourth and seven. Oh. Pretty sure. Got you. I'd have to look that up, but I'm pretty sure that was the year. Uh, the Packers slid their way in the playoffs because the Lions fell apart in in, uh, in December. Lions like, kicked their ass on Thanksgiving. Looked like the Lions were going to easily win the division. Jim Schwartz, head coach, and then they completely crumbled in, in December in classic Lions fashion. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk more lines tomorrow next week. Moving on to the Brewers, uh, one of Matt Arnold's top—I would say top acquisitions—or one of the deals Matt Arnold did make was Joel Piamas, who's singly handedly trying to give up the game as we tape in the eighth inning. Here, Brewers are up four two, but in some trouble. He did get out of it. I know. I oh, he did. For you, but... Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You can ruin it. You know, add it. Somehow, your streams ahead of me, and the biblical rains have come back to St. Louis. Just got to call the game. Anyways, Matt Arnold has done a great job with this Milwaukee Brewers team. I I don't know if he's getting enough credit, Mitch. I think we were always really quick to credit David Stearns back in the day and praise, oh, trust in Stearns, believe in Stearns, all this stuff. And I don't think I'm hearing the same stuff from Matt Arnold. And he's been great. And I'd argue he's done the best job this year with a National League team. I don't think he's ML Executive of the Year because the Baltimore Orioles, what they're doing is incredible. And and they have had a better year than the Brewers. So it's obviously going to Michael Lass uh, of the Orioles. But I I do think what Matt Arnold's done is very impressive, not only with the William Contreras trade, and that also included Piamis, but getting Mark, Con- Mark Hanna, who's been the best trade deadline acquisition, according to War, uh, who's having just an incredible second half, Carlos Santana, Josh Donaldson, just trusting that Donaldson will figure it out, and he has. 
it's I, I just think he's done a masterful job with with the team and deserves a lot of credit and makes me feel good about you know the, at the future of this of this baseball team. Picking up Julio Tehran off the trash yeah, and he was good for Ray, turning two Colin, starts. Turning Colin Ray into just this four inning gives up one home run guy is incredible. Like I like I, I think Colin Ray is gonna pitch in the playoffs. Like I said that to myself yesterday. I'm like, I think I will watch Colin Ray in the playoffs, and I don't really know how to feel about that. That would be terrible. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be not. despondent if that happened. It have know. to it have to be eleven one Brewers uh, in the eighth, and that's when you want to see Colin Ray. I mean, I I don't really trust any starters after the three, three the three big guys and yeah, the but, Brewers. Um, yeah, and I guess that the but counter, I'm, I'm negative. The counter is is that. Miley and Hauser will basically do the Colin Ray stuff if they can't get out of it, and they'll pitch, you know, those bulk innings if needed. Not that you hope you'll need them, but playoff baseball gets weird. I think we've we've all been through it. It's not fun. It's literally like riding a motorcycle high in cocaine with no helmet. Like it's not fun. It's not a it's not a great time. Uh, it, it is and it isn't. But it's just every pitch is so intense. So what do you think about my Matt Arnold take? Is that do you agree with it? Do you think I'm overselling it? Um well, I mean, you're right. He doesn't get really any credit at all. People spend way more energy bitching about the team. Um tailgate and, referendums and everything else. Oh yeah, we were gonna do that. Nah, it's um, fine. We'll do it sometime. <laughs> uh I forgot about that. That was see how quickly we move on. Uh, uh Tuesday that was just, I mean, real hot in the streets. Unbelievable. And, the term uh, urbanness is like part of my vocabulary now. I'm just going to start calling people urbanists when I get mad at them. Yeah, you're an urbanist. Uh, so, I mean, you know, yeah, everything is, has, has worked out pretty well, about as good as it probably could have. I mean, they've been, they've really been great since the trade deadline um, and have kind of, I guess, changed my perspective a little bit on the team. Um and right, Matt Arnold should get should get credit for that. I'm just trying to think if there's anything he's done differently than David Stearns. Um, generally, you know, one thing he hasn't done is he didn't trade his All Star closer uh, right. at, at the at the deadline, which is which is a start. Um, and and to add to add to that, like he had a conversation with Corbin Burns and told Corbin Burns he's not he's not getting traded, and sat down with Corbin Burns in late I think it was late June they had a conversation in New York and he was like yeah we're not trading you like here's what we want to do here's what we're all about and and I think Burns even added like yeah he shows up in the clubhouse a little more often it seems like he's more of a personable guy than David Stearns was where David Stearns is just a fucking robot and I have yeah. fun with that New York media pure pure numbers right and I think they're you know he's a little more of a a read the room guy and I think also the sort of not make, you know, handling your freshmen and handling your young guys and also not overreacting. Like, I don't know if every front office would keep trio down in the minor leagues. I, I he's been that good. Right. And Tyler Black's been really good. And both guys probably are going to have a prominent role in the 2024 team, but they need veterans and they have enough rookies and which is a great problem to have. And they didn't make any rash decisions like trading Tyrone Taylor, something that we talked about, I think, at length in 
April and May when they needed pitching out. Well, maybe trade Tyron Taylor. They didn't. And Tyron Taylor is hitting 280. You are right that he he hasn't done a ton different than David Stearns. And he just hit a home run. <laughs> oh, God, hey, stop ruining my fucking screen, ass. <laughs> God, this is revenge for old, like, but when I had cable and I'd be tweeting about the ball bu- or texting about the Bucks and he'd be like, respect my stream. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's something else, man. And I, I just think he deserves a lot of credit for how he's built this Brewers team, identified the problems. You know, people were upset. Oh, you didn't do enough with Mark Canna and Carl Santana. And it's obviously enough. And I think uh, Brewers Raptor on Twitter, who's a great follow, had like, if you were to tell me in April that Mark Canna, Carlos Santana, and Josh Allison are playing on the Brewers for practically nothing, I would have laughed in your face. And that's the truth. Like, those guys are all like, maybe Santana's the one where you could maybe see it because he's the old guy. But still, like, that's wild. And they've they've identified problems and fixed them. And we're able to get through that May that was just an absolute clusterfuck in terms of in terms of injuries and in terms of everything else. And they were able to manage without it. They've been able to not fall apart with Christian Yellow. So maybe it's more Craig Council, but it's like the brain trust of Arnold and Council seems to be more well connected than the brain trust of Council and Stearns, at least in the at least in that 2022 year. Yeah, and remember how they fell apart with Garrett Mitchell when he when he went out. They yeah. were they were record wise they were good in April, and then and then Garrett Mitchell got hurt I think towards the end of that month, and shit kind of went sideways for a while. But you know, sort of weather the storm. Then you bring up Sal Freelich, who has kind of slid in nicely mm-hmm. as a as kind of a Garrett Mitchell replacement and. I don't necessarily think he's given the spot back, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, a young, young, fast player that has a, I don't know. Does he have any home runs yet? Maybe, maybe a couple. Um, He has two, I think. Yeah. So not a huge power guy, but you're going to get a great at bat from the kid pretty much every time and makes a highlight reel catch pretty much every other night. So, um, and having, I guess the, the wherewithal to, to do that, but you know, he was, you know, left left with a pretty good farm system. Matt Arnold was, and um, you know, we'll see how that goes over the next few years with the draft and and everything. When you know he's well, he he did the last draft, right? Yeah, and, and I mean Brock Wilkin was a deterrent from what they've done in the past, and he's in Double A, hitting the shit out of the baseball. So I mean, they're they're at least getting something out of that and already right like actually taking a, actually taking a corner infield like a power hitting right infielder early in the draft it, who who knew who knew that was possible mm-hmm. i am i am fascinated to see what matt arnold does in 2024 offseason because it can go in a hundred different ways you can go youth movement and i think you could really sell it to the fans i think they've they, they, part of the selling it of it this year was like a preemptive like hey we might go in this direction. We want you to be on board. Now there's a lot of other things happening that we don't need to t- discuss today, but I also could see a situation where they say, fuck it. We're going to go all in with another year of Burns and Woodruff. We're going to try to work on contracts, maybe for Woodruff because Burns, I think will be out of their price range and we'll run it back one more year and see if we can't get a title. Cause this would be the opportunity. And yeah, I, I think 
it's just been very impressive to watch this team in the last, I mean, they're 20 and 10 in the last 30 games and it's a dangerous thing, Mitch, but I, I believe in this baseball team and probably more than I did in that 2021 year. And it's probably the most I've believed in a Brewer team since 2018. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a interesting thought. I probably would agree with you. I mean, 2021 felt like, I don't know. I would say on paper better, but I don't know. Not really. It's a lot of the same guys. Um, but, but around the edges, I think is, is better, which makes right. it, which makes it a little more, um, so, a complete so, team. So to kind of continue with the Stearns Arnold exercise, just to kind of finish the thought, he brought in Eduardo Escobar to that team. And Eduardo Escobar was not an impact player. Now they gave up pretty much nothing for him. But they brought in Eduardo Escobar to sort of be a solvent for their problems because they were having, obviously, offensive issues. And Eduardo Escobar did not deliver in that role. He was pretty weak. Castigura fell off a cliff that year. Uh, you know, they they didn't necessarily get, you know, Dan, Daniel Volkbach was their starting first baseman. I mean, that mm-hmm. that offense, like, look at that well, team's Rowdy offense. was there. Rowdy came. Yeah, Rowdy. Yeah, you're right. Rowdy, Rowdy comes in the second half. That's right. I'm reading on base. Yeah, you're right. He hits 272. That was a that was a great acquisition from Stearns. But yeah, it was it was it, it's very interesting to kind of look back at that team and look at this team now. And so I, I just love what this team is about. And I'm, I'm very excited for the playoffs. And I'm sure you and I will will talk at great length I, about it. I really I really want to see them finish the year on a on a kind of on a roll um so the fact that they're pulling away from the with the division now kind of scares me in a way um but yeah i i i hear you on that i do wonder though with all the young guys that they have if there's just they kind of just don't know better like look at the orioles right the orioles are had they clinched their first playoff spot in what i think since 2017 and there are a couple games up on the Rays. I think it's two and a half total. But they go into Houston after, you know, having a celebration and getting drunk. And they ran out of alcohol uh, at one point. They, they didn't, you know, they drank them dry. They go out and they beat the Astros two out of three in Houston. And they lost in the ninth inning today. They could have swept them. Like, they don't know better. They're just too young to understand, like, hey, you need to take your foot off the gas. Well, they're like, fuck it. We're playing baseball every day. And I do wonder, you know, with the series this weekend, if they feel like Miami is a good matchup for them, I, I do wonder would they would they kind of scale it back because they actually do want Miami. I don't think they want Chicago, and this is probably a good topic for next week so we can save it. But it's like I, I think the one team they don't want to – and maybe, maybe they do want to see the Cubs with how the Cubs are just sort of falling – falling apart and they've kind of ran out of gas because they peaked early which is something i think we discussed way back when yeah i mean seeing the cubs in milwaukee for, oh. for a wild card series would be interesting it'd be a sure. nightmare i mean it'd be an, yeah. i'm sure it'd be you i'd have to i'd have to oblige i'd have to go to a game like i'd have to go to maybe two games because i would need to make sure that i was doing my part to keep the cubs fans out of out of American fan field and I couldn't go with our friend Cubs fan fan like I he can go to the game I just can't endorse sitting with him because <laughs> that's just 
like I love the guy, but I, I can't have we gotta keep the Cubs fans out. Can't be associated with, with a Cubs fan for that. No. No, no. You'll be, yeah, you'll, you'll be you'll be an, an enabler. Mark Hanna on cue does it again. Oh, yeah. oh God. It's nothing better. You guys have no idea because you got we're just podcast. Mitch and I, I litigated Mark Hanna to the high heavens, the friend of ours, uh, Eric, and boy was he fucking wrong. And I'm definitely throwing in that CC Sabathia tweet from the John Boy crew that can is the best acquisition since CC for the Brewers. I'm throwing it in. Fuck it. Doing it after it's, the pod. Uh, it's pretty sad, but it's probably probably true. I I mean, I instant mean, fan. Instant Mike, fan. Mike Moustakis was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Mike but... Moustakis. Mike Moustakis was great. Um, And definitely, definitely was the good. first year. Like yeah. That first. That first year, yes, was good. Second year, not so much. And then they didn't want to pay him, and they made the Brewers cheap. But, you know, Mike Moustakis then went on to play for, like, five teams. And Yasmani Grandal is pretty awful, too. And, and yet we're we're market, we're told Mark Ananasio is cheap, yet probably saved himself a lot of goodwill because everyone would have hated Grandal. Why do we pay these guys so much? Oh, it was such a bad decision. It's like, you know, and they, no one ever sees that side of the coin, Mitchie. No. But yeah, I also wouldn't have given him a four-year deal or whatever, no. a five-year deal. No. I mean. Um, let's wrap up today's show with Giannis Watch. Uh, it's it, it just never it just never ends. As we said, it to be open. You know, when people get bored, when it's like, oh, we talked too much about football. Let's talk about Giannis. Shan Sharp with some current misinformation today on first take or yesterday, saying that Giannis is holding up two roster spots. He's not. Thanasis is on the roster. Yes. Alex is on the herd. I could be on that team. Um, and every contender would probably sign Thanasis tomorrow if the Bucks released Thanasis because they'd want it as a way to get Giannis. Like, that's why the Knicks made a push, apparently, to get Thanasis because they wanted to try to lure the Greek freak in. And yeah. it didn't work. And he's in Milwaukee. And people are still convinced and haven't learned their lesson that, yes, Giannis is saying these things, but they're maybe a slightly different than when he first said it. But it's not that much different. And he's in Milwaukee. He's working out with his teammates. Like, I, I just think it's all it's yeah. all sort of bullshit. And it's just people are bored and they're trying to start something that isn't there. Yeah, I mean, it's just I think it's again, you know, this is ongoing and he makes a comment or two over a couple of weeks and we got to talk about it. And then all these smart people like Zach Lowe, fucking Mark Spears, they got to come in, give their little thoughts and, and their piffy comments. And it, then it, you know, then it takes it, takes it, uh, carries it for another segment for the next day. And, um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just so like I, it's supposed to be football season. We're supposed to be talking about that, not not this yeah. nonsense. Well, uh, yeah. Stuff I mean, that Inyanis, Inyanis has done it multiple times throughout his career. Still signed. He's he's not leaving. The Bucks aren't trading him. I mean, even if even if Giannis woke up tomorrow and said, "I'm leaving at the end of my contract," um, great. We're keeping him t- until yeah, the last they'll minute. right. They'll ride it out. They they won't. They and it. What's funny and as pointed out by a friend friend of he doesn't know he's a friend of the program, but Shafty Bro said like if someone trades for Giannis, Giannis is in the exact same situation of kind of having a bear covered. 
Like you have to trade all of your assets to get Giannis out to the combo. There is no way that it, like Oklahoma City, for example, we're getting Shea Gildas Alexander if you want Giannis out to the combo. Like that's that's the yeah. price. And it's yeah. more than just Shea Gildas Alexander, I'll tell you that much. But like that's why it's so stupid. And you had the news about potentially a mystery team for Dame Lillard in the Eastern Conference. Everybody started tying it to the Bucs. There are ways that the Bucs could do it. I really hope the Bucs get diamond handy here because there is the, also the Woj report out saying that there could be major superstars on the move in the summer of 2024, kind of honestly putting that out there. The Bucks have expiring contracts in 2024. They have three first-round picks to play with. They easily can reset the deck. And no one talks about that when all those quote-unquote smart people are talking. Zach Lowe, by the way, and I'll let you in, is like Mumford and Sons. Like, was great when back in the day, like early on, great music. You loved it. And then he sold out, and he just became every corporate rock that you that you ever hear. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You know, I, I still don't think, I still don't hate Zach Lowe. I think he's perfectly even keel, if you will. He's not super reactionary, but I do think he's, he's, you know, as you, as you always say, he lost his buddy, Mike Budenholzer. And, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't maybe has a grudge against, against the Bucks. I, I don't think that Giannis is complaining either. Like, no. I literally think he's just he's just saying how he feels, or like maybe that's not the right way to put it, but just saying saying facts. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, as long as we're winning, I'm not leaving. Like what? And then when we obviously got to dissect that, right? And then which sucks because then there's people that maybe don't you know aren't in the trenches taking grenades like we are. <laughs> oh, you're just leaving? Uh, you know, I'm talking like even people in Wisconsin or Milwaukee. Oh yeah, oh, the Pat. Oh, the pa- he's fucking. He's gone. He's pa- leaving. He's bitching. Pa- what do you cry oh, about? Ju- oh, just another NBA player. Oh. Yeah, just the same like dumb Packer fan that doesn't understand ball. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Absolutely. Um, no, it's it's crazy, man. And do you buy into the Dame rumor? Like, do you buy or like, I guess, do you think there's a mystery team? And then B, if there is a mystery team in the Eastern Conference, do you think it's the Milwaukee Bucks? I I don't. Uh, well, there probably is a mystery team. I love that. Oh, it's yeah. a baseball thing. Yeah. Um, that seems like the baseball people all call it mystery teams, but I don't know. I mean, could it be the Celtics? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't think the Celtics have gotten better. I don't like – I think Chris Saks-Prazingis is going to be a disaster for the Celtics. I'll get out in front of that. I mean, Giannis eats his lunch every time he plays him. I think that they've hurt themselves more than they've helped themselves against the Bucks and the Sixers, which is wild to think about. Yeah, right. Well, you know, it could be – it could honestly be any any of the contenders in the right. East. Right. It, um, it could be the Sixers, and they could be – trying to sell James Harden on the idea of playing in Portland and say, Hey, go to Portland. And they can be trying I to sell Portland. I don't think, I think it'd be Tyrese Maxey. Oh yeah. Be, but it might be Maxey and Harden. I don't know. It would be, yeah. it would have to be something significant. Right. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it could be Cleveland, right? It could be Cleveland saying, all right, fuck it. We, 
We want to put trade our Garland. Tip, yeah, trade Garland and and say it's going to be Mitchell and Lillard and Evan Mobley and get a little older and try that. I don't know. I I, I do agree. I I think I think that there is, could be any of those teams, and and it all makes sense. And and the Woj tweet, I I look at that more as Luca and Embiid based than Giannis based. Like if I had to rank it like a Mary fuck kill of like guys who who if they had the Woj tweets out in July that they've requested a trade, I think my Mary is actually Embiid over Luca because mm-hmm. I think Embiid's not gonna like Nick Nurse. I think that's not gonna go well. And and then the Luca thing, I yeah, I don't know. I, I Luca I could see I think it, it would be Luca personally. I think okay, like so Kyrie, you're more the, the Kyrie thing is Oh, you think is, he'll he'll just be like, I can't stand Kyrie. Kyrie accuses him of dropping a Slovenian epitaph on him. And he, because Kyrie somehow knows Slovenian. I don't know, but he does. Yeah. Could see I, mean, I mean, I, I just. Tell me any Kyrie or, story. I like, I feel like that, that situation is a fucking, is a, what do you call it? Um, powder keg. Time bomb. Yeah. Like powder the, keg. The, the, yeah. Just Jason Kidd. We all, we, we know very well. Oh, yeah. He's like. And I wouldn't say kids a red ass. I just think he's like, he's a dumbass, and um, probably doesn't know how to handle egos as well as he thinks he does. And there's, there's a lot going on there. Um, Jason, Jason Kidd and Kyrie getting into a physical altercation is probably what, like five to one. If you had to put odds on it, <laughs> maybe not five. That's a little, that's 15 to one. Like would that story shock you if Mark Stein had that story? I don't think Kyrie's fought anyone in his life. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, agree. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a whole lot of, I wouldn't put the mortgage on that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and I, I feel like the Gian, like Giannis is last on that list. Any way you cut it. Like, I know that there'll be national media people say, Oh, it's Giannis. I would love for them to build a case. Why Giannis would be more unhappy than those two guys. There is more like, unless Adrian Griffin and him really don't get along and it's just really doesn't work. That would be the only way, but here's the other but then thing. Everybody thinks that that's, that's his guy. Everybody thinks that's who he wanted. Right. I know. I know. Um, and I think it's, it's just interesting, right? Like that would be the, that would be the one thing that might tip the scales. But the, the other side of it is, I think we talked about this, gosh, middle of the summer. The Bucs are in the best position to win the Eastern Conference. There's so much uncertainty around the Sixers. The Celtics are a new-look Celtics team. Without Marcus Smart, they're heartbeat of their team. They're running it back with Joe Missoula. Like, Cleveland really is going to be better with J.B. Bickerstaff? Like, <laughs> J.B. Bickerstaff is basically Mike Budenholzer. You know, just and Miami, Miami will will continue to have fat ass Kyle Lowry, and right. and Jimmy Butler playing fifty games. Well, yeah, I guess he can he can now technically. Right. But. No, and and maybe yeah, maybe Miami's the answer, and maybe Miami's the team you worry about. But Miami's run was Mickey Mouse. It just it just was. I I can't take Miami that seriously. It's they're a real rival. They are definitely the Bucks' rival. I don't want to see Miami in our in our region of the playoffs, um, but I, I'm not scared of Miami. I just you know it's there's way too many bad memories. It's it's gotten to that point. 
I was gonna say that's unlike you to be scared of I'm Miami. Not sca- I'm not scared. I will. I. I. Yeah. I look. I was a little too chesty about Miami last year. I'll. I'll admit that. And I. I. I need to respect them a little bit more than I did. So. But yeah, I. I agree with your larger point that we shouldn't necessarily be talking about this every week. Like. We should be talking like honestly, we we haven't talked a lot about the Wisconsin Badgers, and not that we need to because it's late in our pod. But it's like that's what's kind of taking a backseat because we have to deal with this shit. Not that the Badgers have given you much, you know, excitement here in the last few weeks, but <laughs> it's you know starting Big Ten play this week against Purdue, and I right. just I, I feel I think I think we can all agree we feel a little differently about this Badgers team three weeks in than we than we did at the start of the year. Yeah, well, they haven't been. Yeah, I mean, they've eked out a couple wins against uh, subpar opponents and lost to Washington. I mean, it's so yeah, yeah, that's not, that's uh, you know, that's not, a whole that unfortunate what what's gone on so far. But it's early in the, the Luke Fickle right. era, and you know, he'll he'll figure it out. It took him a little bit at Cincinnati. Well, and and the other part of it is. It, from what you're, if you, you can kind of read between the lines, it seems like recruiting was a real mess at Wisconsin before Luke Fickle got there. So when are people going to admit that Paul Christ was kind of a disaster down the stretch and kind of set Luke Fickle up for failure? Well, I mean, could be, you know, there's, I yeah, I think recruiting was the uh, issue yeah. at, at Wisconsin and, before and, Fickle got here. And also, too, just last thought on it, it's like the um, – what's hit my tongue? Like this is kind of playing into my theory that Luke Fickle shocked smart basically just in football form. Like Shaka came into a pretty bare cupboard, got some wins. It was a, it was a decent season. And then the following year, it was like it took off like a rocket ship. And now Marquette's going to be anywhere from 5 to 10 in terms of a preseason ranking starting in November, and I think this is as excited as the fan base has been for Marquette basketball in a very long time. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, well, we'll see what happens. I, I just want to throw into I don't really want Buddy Heald. Yeah, I would agree. Buddy Heald is a great three-point shooter, and that's it. That's all he is. And just feel like you can find Buddy Heald's out there, and I, I would agree with that. Can I also ask you, I, this is very quick. I will try to be quick. So I was listening to Ryan Rossell's podcast. He's on with Big Cat, uh, Barcelona Big Cat, for those who don't know, and probably do. And they had this whole theory about sports city trades, where you would trade one player from another sport to another city for another player of another sport. And they did involve Milwaukee in one. They did have a Giannis trade, and it was Milwaukee trading Giannis, the Bucks trading Giannis, but then the Brewers received Shohei Otani. Do you Giannis think goes he, to the Lakers or what? Y- yes, Giannis will go to the Lakers. Do you think that the Milwaukee collective, the five county collective, would would want that deal? I don't think so. I don't either. Actually, I think Shohei is a phenomenon, but I I think people underestimate how much Giannis brought to the city and yeah. how important Giannis will, is and and has been and. It's like Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder on the most steroids possible, like uh, Matt Stairs level steroids. Like that's what that's what it is. 
And I'm just like, it, I'm trying to think like, would, would it be Giannis goes away and everyone in the five county area gets a thousand dollars from the, from, I don't know, some, yeah, up, yeah. some Supreme being, I would think hard about that. <laughs> I probably wouldn't take the money. No. And, and honestly, if Giannis got traded, it wouldn't really personally affect me in any way. Um, but if he did, I could get a thousand dollars. I don't think I'd take the money. Okay. Here, how about this? Do you think Packer fans would do Patrick Mahomes and then the Bucks move to Kansas City? Uh, would Packer fans do that? Yeah. Um, probably. Yeah, I think so. I don't think Kansas City fans would do that, though. No, you get Giannis. So you get Giannis instead of Patrick Mahomes. You basically flip out Giannis for Patrick Mahomes. But I still yeah, don't think but, they're doing it. Football's king. Uh, yeah, football's king, and Mahomes is is king. Their, so. su- their suggestion on that was Mahomes to Dallas for the entire Mavericks team. So it's it's basically an offshoot of that. It was a great segment. I was so mad. I I never thought about it. Just you know, that's why they're kings. That's why they're they're great at their job. Yeah. All right. That does it. I don't have anything else. I'm tapped out. Um, you got anything else for the people? Uh no, I think that's it. Just All right. uh Great slate of college football and Dude, the weather. Yeah. I think summer summer's coming back through the weekend. So Unfor- unfortunate. Um, which game are you most excited to watch? Um, well, Oregon, Colorado will be pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Then you have Clem- Clemson, Florida State. Yeah, I mean you're set up. It's an entire day. Like my advice, little advice from your your good pal Chuck. Try to. Try to either get stuff done, maybe do some stuff around the house on Friday night, like just and make sure you dedicate cake bake time with your wife. Just spend time with your wife on Friday. So then it opens the door for Saturday and you have Saturday to yourself. And then Sunday, yeah, it's Packers, but spend some time after the game doing doing stuff. Don't watch the late game. It's the Bears and the fucking Chiefs. You can skip that. I You have my permission. To skip Bears Chiefs, unless you want to laugh. Yeah, watch the Bears so, cover. Uh, I I don't think they will. I think Arizona might. Though. So it's just that would be my thought on that. But who yeah, knows? double digit spread in the NFL is pretty. Oh yeah, it's not good. It's like when a uh, baseball pitcher is like minus three hundred. Usually never works works the way you think it's gonna to. Right. All right. Well, speaking of that, we'll be back with the betting show tomorrow. Um, we'll go over the. Packer Saints line, talk Badgers Purdue um, in West Lafayette for a night game. Uh, and then, you know, anything else, I'm sure we'll talk about the slate, we'll talk Brewers Marlins a little bit, and whatever else comes across the wire. So we'll do that and then check back next week. We have to figure out schedule because we have Packers Lions on Thursday, which isn't fun. So stay tuned for that. We'll uh, we'll suss that out. But you guys take care and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. See you.